Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. This is a short introduction to this episode, which is part of a seven-part series with a Mozambican who is named Julio Maria Mujoro. He is a power coach, facilitator, and speaker from Mozambique. Make sure you listen to the other episodes if you've missed them. And this episode, by the way, is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash ftapon. Go there and get some rewards. Thanks. One of the things that struck me when uh-huh. we first met is how amazing your command of English is. And <laughs> the the majority of Africans don't speak English as well as you do, ex- with there's some exceptions. You have, like in Kenya, you have some really strong English speakers in Kenya. Of course, in South Africa, you do as well. But yeah. in Mozambique, especially up in the north where you're from, it's pretty fucking rare. So... Can you tell us how you uh, got to speak English so well? Yeah, sure. First, thank you so much. It really means a lot coming from uh, native English speaking. Um, so I actually learned to speak English playing video games. I was blessed enough to have a PS and I had this one game that it was like a role-playing game and I need to figure out some riddles and stuff. And on top of that, I did study in a private school where you had uh, the five levels of English. So you could be like a intermediate plus advanced Thing. So I did that. And with all the travels, and because I do like to know about other cultures, English is pretty much a universal language. And by talking, playing video games in school, a combination of that, and then working in an environment where English was key to just survive in the, in the business, it made sense. And that's how I got my English flair. <laughs> what, what about uh, watching movies with subtitles? I don't like Not- doing that because I get distracted with the subtitles and usually what the people are saying is not what it's being written and I get stuck in that translation. So I just watch the movies without subtitles most of the time. Interesting. So yeah. what was this game on PS on PlayStation that you were playing? It was, was it called, called uh, Breath of Fire 3. It was like, this, by the way, this was like the PS1, not the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> so the graphics were like horrible, but they had like quite interesting riddles. And I remember I have my dictionary while I was playing the game because I didn't know a word. And then if I was to ask my CPs, they'd go like, no, 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 you are having English lessons. Grab your dictionary, figure it out. That's how I learned it. Like really how I learned it. <laughs> what? Okay. So now let's focus in on the differences. The thing I'm focusing on my book, The Unseen Africa, is about the similarities and differences throughout the continent. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to, I like to delve into that. So what we're going to talk about is the differences and similarities between the north of Mozambique and the south where the capital is. And then similarly, we want to talk about the similarities and differences between South Africa and Mozambique, two neighboring countries. So, yeah. that, And then finally, we'll move on to other places because you've traveled all over Southern Africa. You've traveled all over East Africa as well. And so we're going to, again, look at some of the similarities and differences of those regions uh, between each other. So let's start off with the first thing, which is similarities and differences between Northern Mozambique and Southern Mozambique. And especially, I mean, the capital, Maputo, I actually never got to go to the capital. I was only up in the north. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You missed quite a fun. (laughs) All right. I know. I've missed a lot of things. (laughs) But but anyway, so go ahead. Um, And uh, by the way, I will tell you what I've read about the capital. I've not seen a single picture of Maputo. Really? But people described it as kind of a regal capital that you can see the colonial past of the Portuguese and the, in the architecture and the buildings, but that it's 
decaying, that it's not uh-huh. upkept for as much as it should be. That's what I've read. So okay. is that true or false? I think that's partially true. Especially, it used to be that in like early 20s, the buildings were like just decaying completely. But in the last 20 years, the local municipality made an effort to at least give it like a facelift on the outside, even on the inside. Most of the buildings are still like destroyed. Um, the main commonality aside with there, with, I guess within all of the territory of Mozambique, the official language is Portuguese, but we have tons of local languages. So it's not... I was born in the north. That doesn't mean that I know the local language that people speak in Maputo, which is Sangana. And in the north, we speak Makua. So it's, there is that as, as a differentiator. And I How think, many languages? Sorry, how many languages? I don't know, total? but I know for sure it's more than 10 20? because okay. we're around there because we have 11 provinces and at least each province has two main local languages. Plus okay. the small, like really like um, village language that people also speak there. Um, and the thing is, like with many languages, as you are traveling, you can sort of understand each other. But then the further you go from where you started, things are just completely lost, right? right. But that's one. And two, I guess, comes down to, let's talk about nature a little bit. Because even like nature-wise, they're quite different. So if you go in terms of the beaches in the south, they're usually um, green waters with golden sand. And as upper you go to the north, they get to be like white beach uh, sand and blue waters, which much like the Maldives, the what you get in the north of, of Mozambique. Um, and there's also a huge influence between the Arabs and the Portuguese. People people who know Mozambique, they often think that uh, was just colonized by the Portuguese. It was. But before that, uh, Mozambique has a long history of trade with, um, with the Middle Eastern. So in the north, uh, the majority of the population is Arab. And if you actually go to the Mozambique island, which was the first capital of the country, you see literally like a mixture between Arab and Portuguese uh, architecture in the, the city. Pretty much like you have um, in some places in Turkey, where you can see the different um, influences that different cultures had in, on the place. But then on, as you're going down to the south, the country was uh, heavily influenced by the Portuguese. So even the, um, the architecture, the language, the religion goes way more to what uh, the Portuguese do. And actually in the center is a quite interesting mix because you have both and you have actually more of African religions playing um, in that central region of the country. Have you been to Zanzibar in Tanzania? I have, I have. Okay, so would you say that Zanzibar, because that's a perfect mix of like uh, African and Middle Eastern yeah. uh, kind of, I don't know if it's perfect mix, but it, it is a mix. It's a great mix. And Right, and so th- then you have, I imagine, I haven't been all over northern Mozambique, but I imagine, would you say there's similarities in that sense? They are, especially with the islands. It, like the island of Mozambique is like a miniature of Zanzibar uh, in terms right. of many things. And I think as you go more to the interior of the country, so going away from the coast, then you see less of Arab influence and then you have more of Portuguese influence in the country. And you can literally right. see that like as you're traveling, you will see uh, with the buildings and how the cities are organized and stuff. You really uh, see the difference between the two of them. Do you speak Swahili? No. Okay. So I wonder thing- if like, because cause Swahili is popular just north of Mozambique. Yeah, but that's like on the upper north in Cabo Delgado province or Pemba city that most people might know of for the beautiful beaches because it's really neighboring with Tanzania. So the lang- right. the local language is quite it's quite similar as well. But in right. Nampula, where I'm from, the local language is Makua and it's uh, pretty much a Nampula language that people speak. 
is there any kind of rivalry between the north and the south and the middle of of Mozambique? Like in any places mm-hmm. there is, there's like okay. few characteristics that people say. So usually uh, people on the north, they are deemed to be beautiful and seductive. Um, people in the center in Inyamban, they actually deemed to be the good people of the country, like very welcoming. Um, they do amazing in tourists because they're really service oriented. People in the south, usually they are known for being um, quite active and smart and get going, you know, busy going big city things. And so in different provinces, you have different characteristics. Um, I wouldn't call it per se a a rivalry, but there is this sense of the other provinces that, oh, everything that comes to Mozambique stays in the capital. It never reaches the provinces. There is this sense. While people in the capital think that, you know, the most beautiful things are outside of the capital and not in the capital. But I think it's a duality most of us live in any countries. And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.